0: Howdy, I'm Brian, and welcome back to my Bible Study Podcast, From Hevil to Eternity. We've been navigating through the Minor Prophets, and I think we only have two weeks left. This week we're wrapping up the book of Zechariah, and next week we should be able to cover the book of Malachi. These are the last two books of the 12 Minor Prophets, and they're also the last two books of the entire Old Testament. So we've spent the last few episodes really unpacking the major themes of the book of Zechariah. The five themes we've covered all show that God hears His people and that He speaks into their needs. First, God proclaims that the enemies of Israel will not stand, that judgment will come to the nations who bring suffering and pressure and persecution to God's people. Second, God calls His people to return to Him, to repent to prioritize him first, and to live a life transformed by faithfulness and obedience to God. But God just doesn't cry judgment on his enemies and repentance on his people. So the third theme was that he also speaks a message of hope and encouragement to his people who are persevering through difficult times. Then fourthly, he promises restoration for the people who repent and who faithfully persevere. That one day God would gather his flock, save his people, and dwell with them in an abundant and prosperous new Jerusalem. Lastly, God outlines that this would be ushered in by the coming Messiah, a king from the line of David, the true shepherd, our great high priest, God with his people. The theme episodes are very scripture-heavy, as we read through most of the book, and we're also able to hyperlink verses to other verses throughout the Bible. Today won't be as much scripture walking, but we'll instead plant on a few specific verses. This episode we're focusing on how all of these themes directly link to the gospel, and then how to take some application out of these themes. The themes are relevant to God's people at that time, but they are also relevant to all of God's people across all of time. I pray that through this episode we can see the gospel better through these five themes and that we can be transformed by the gospel in our everyday lives. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1-4 ESV Translation So the five major themes of Zechariah that I keep reiterating, they're judgment, repentance, hope, restoration, and the coming Messiah. If you are going to have a conversation about how those five themes directly link to the gospel, we need to make sure that we unpack the gospel first. It is both something that's foundational to our faith and something that we never graduate past. I've heard two sort of quick reference ways to cover the basics of the gospel using four words each. The first way is God, man, Christ, response. And the second way is creation, fall, reconciliation, and consummation. I've actually heard Matt Chandler call these two approaches the gospel on the ground and then the gospel on the air. Both are delivering the same truth. In its essence, the gospel is that God is the founder and creator of everything. He is three in one Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is love. He is perfect. He is just. He is holy. And everything created exists to glorify him. Man was created by God in his own image. In the beginning, we existed in community with God in the garden. But at the fall, man sinned against God. The consequence of that sin was being expelled from the presence of God. The only way to return to that presence would be to perfectly fulfill God's law and to be perfectly obedient to God. If that sounds like an impossible task, it's because it is. Adam and Eve couldn't do it. And nobody born of a woman since has ever or will ever live a life of perfect obedience to God, except for one man. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and he lived a perfect life. He is fully God and fully man. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin are death. Jesus is the only person to walk this earth who did not deserve to die, because he's the only person to walk this earth who did not sin. Yet he was arrested and crucified, dying on a cross while bearing our sins, so that through faith in him, we are seen by God the Father as righteous. And as if that wasn't amazing enough news, Jesus, the perfect son of God, could not stay dead, so on the third day he was resurrected to life and is seated at the right hand of the Father and because he defeated death. His followers also achieve a spiritual resurrection from the dead, the gracious gift of everlasting life. Jesus will return again in glory one day. He will be ushering in the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem and the new garden. His followers will exist in his presence forever, experiencing an eternity of worship and fellowship with God. To boil it all down, God is our perfect creator, We are imperfect sinners who can only be fully reconciled to God the Father through the blood of God the Son, Jesus Christ, shed on the cross for us. This reconciliation can only be received when we place our faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then one day, Christ will return to fully consummate that relationship. So now let's really plug the themes of Zechariah into this gospel definition. Judgment. Apart from the blood of Jesus, we all fall short of having a right relationship with God. So we would all be equal recipients of the judgment of God, which we see in the book of Zechariah, poured out on those who stand opposed to God and to his people. Zechariah 2:13 says, "Be silent all flesh." before Yahweh, for he has roused himself from his holy habitation. And then Zechariah 12.9 says, It will happen in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. The theme of repentance. So we put our faith in God the Son, we prioritize God first, and we turn away from chasing other paths. In the book of Zechariah, God calls the Israelites to return to him and to seek him with their whole heart to turn away from worldly desires that they had previously made their top priorities. Zechariah 1.3 says, Therefore tell them, thus says Yahweh of armies, Return to me, says Yahweh of armies, and I will return to you. Then we get to the themes of reassurance, hope, and encouragement. When we turn and place our faith in Jesus, we can then rest assured that our salvation is secure. We can have hope in promised future blessings because we know God has been faithful in his promises so far. Then we can be encouraged to walk through tough times in a way that reflects Jesus to the rest of the world. Zechariah proclaims this same message of perseverance through struggle, of reassurance when times look bleak, of hope even at a time when the walls appear to be closing in around the Israelites. Zechariah 8 Twelve Verses 12 and 13 say, For the seed of peace and the vine will yield its fruit, and the ground will give its increase, and the heavens will give their dew, and I will cause the remnant of this people to inherit all these things. It shall come to pass that as you were a curse among the nations, house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Don't be afraid. Let your hands be strong." The theme of restoration, the gospel says that through faith in Jesus, we are restored to a right relationship with God, that we become sons of God, part of his kingdom, who will one day dwell securely in the new Jerusalem, in the presence of God. The book of Zechariah promises restoration to those who turn back to God, that he will strengthen his people, will bring them into his holy city, and will be with his people as their God. Zechariah 8, eight says and I will bring them, and they will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they will be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. And then Zechariah ten twelve says, I will strengthen them in Yahweh, and they will walk up and down in his name, says Yahweh. And then the final theme was the coming Messiah. Jesus, the Messiah, is the person through whom all of the promises of God, all of his promises of salvation and redemption, find their yes. The book of Zechariah describes characteristics of the Messiah that point directly toward Jesus. That he would be rejected and even pierced. That he would arrive humbly and enter riding a lowly donkey. That through him would flow a fountain of living waters that he would be the good shepherd, that he would be the author of our salvation, that he would be king. The ESV translation of Zechariah 14.9 declares, and the Lord will be king over all the earth, that one day the Lord will be one and his name one. So these themes link directly to the gospel. Romans 5, verses 8 and 9 says, But God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. 1 Thessalonians one ten, And to wait for the Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. That's the CSB translation, by the way. And then the NIV translation of John three thirty six, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So throughout the book of Zechariah, we see three pretty clear calls to God's people that applied to the Israelites at that time but that are also applicable to us today. God calls his people to repentance, to obedience and to perseverance through faith. So repentance comes with the phrase return to me in the book of Zechariah. It's a call to turn toward God and by inference away from chasing after other things. So remember that the priority problems identified in the books of Haggai and Zechariah, they were really just heart problems. For application for us, we have to be humbly willing to confess that we all can struggle with priority problems, and that those priority problems, they're usually deeply rooted in our heart problems. Submission to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings requires acknowledgement that we need him to transform us, and the only way to do that is to turn toward him. Obedience. Obedience is an overarching trait that flows out of submission. Submission. It covers a list of those characteristics, the call from the Lord verses that we've read. And a lot of these stem from the heart. They're relating to the ideas of being humble and correctable and teachable, to giving second chances, to letting go of grudges, and to releasing bitterness. These are all applications that we can do better. We could be more humble, we could be more correctable, more teachable, we can give more second chances, we can let go of grudges, and we can release. Bitterness. Per the book of Zechariah, we should diligently obey the voice of the Lord our God, Zechariah 6.15. We should render true judgment, Zechariah 7.9. We should show kindness and mercy to one another, which is also Zechariah 7.9. We should not oppress the neglected or the needy, Zechariah 7. We should not devise evil against one another in our hearts, Zechariah 7.10 and 8.17. We should instead speak truth to one another, Zechariah 8.16. We should make for peace, Zechariah 8.16. And lastly, we should love truth and we should love peace, Zechariah 8.19. Then that last call, perseverance and to persevere through faith. Danny Akin says that Zechariah calls its readers to persevere through severe and extensive persecution. So it also calls Christians today to the same faithfulness to God in the face of social and political oppression, if not outright opposition at times. Dr. Thomas Constable says people experiencing adversity, they frequently see only things that are close at hand. Zachariah provided hope from the visions that he saw and the voices that he heard, and those visions and those voices, they encouraged his audience to lift their eyes to behold the larger plans and purposes of their God. So when it comes to perseverance and to adversity, one application is just to try not to sweat the small problems and instead try to find encouragement in the small steps forward. Zechariah 4.10, it starts, Indeed, who despises the day of small things? Look, don't be discouraged at what might only look like a little progress to you. What may only look like baby steps in rebuilding the temple, so remember the old heads from Haggai and Zechariah? They were complaining that this new temple, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't going to be big enough. It wasn't grand enough. They weren't making enough progress on it. It wasn't growing fast enough. Instead of that, be encouraged that there has been progress at all. Find hope in that progress, and that any progress is not by our might or our power, but by his Holy Spirit's might and power. Haggai one fourteen ends, that Yahweh stirred up the spirit of all the remnant of the people, and they came and they worked on the house of Yahweh of armies, their God. And then Zechariah 4, 6 declares, This is the word of Yahweh to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says Yahweh of armies. This is a huge word for us today also. To paraphrase Martin Luther King Jr., if you're driving to Los Angeles, don't be discouraged that you're not all the way there yet. Instead, be encouraged that you're on the right road, heading in the right direction, and that you're a little closer than you were an hour ago, if it's only even five feet closer. So remember, repentance, obedience, perseverance, and remember that the gospel is what permeates all of these things. Thanks for listening. Next episode, we'll go into a little bit of the Zachariah Geek Out portion. We'll look at some of the language and some interesting nuances of the book. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. I also pulled some verses from some other translations, some verses that I thought better reflected the original language. I know there were a couple from the English Standard Version, the ESV translation, and I believe there was one each from the NIV and the Christian Standard Bible translations as well. Until next time, though, I love y'all.